Hello and welcome to ClapperCast, your weekly discussion of all things cinema. I'm your host once again, Carson Tamar, and today I'm joined by new people on the podcast I'm sure no one has ever heard of before. Alina Falds, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. Still struggling with the apartment hunt. And also I quit my job, so my life is a mess. But you know, happy to be here. It's the only sense of stability I have in my life right now. And Paul, <laughs> and Paul, how are you doing today? Uh, it's Paul Price. You should say the full name. Don't just leave me out. Oh, sorry. Uh, Paul, but... <laughs> legendary Paul at pa- Price like tag at Twitter. Paul Thank Price. Um, so uh, I'm doing great because uh, my Dogecoin skyrocketing for no apparent reason. Um, so I've made like 1,200 bucks, which is great. That's all I need in this world. That's a quiet juxtaposition. One person quits their job and it's gonna be like, I'm making so much. Well, money. well, this pays. Uh, this pays as much. The Dogecoin pays about as much as like an episode of the podcast. So. Oh yeah, well. You know, just about. Well, yeah, for... It's getting up. It's getting up there. <laughs> Uh, Today we have a quite busy episode. We're viewing not one, not two, not three, but 16 films on the podcast. We're going to be doing all the 15 Oscar-nominated short films. Uh, This was Paul's idea. If it goes badly, blame him. Uh, We're also talking about Ben Wheatley's In the Earth, which is releasing the Sundance. Not necessarily a hit, but a film from Sundance this year. And why don't we start over there, our first, like, our major feature review today. Let's start out with Ben Wheatley's In the Earth. He told me his story. These are his memories. Can you feel him now? In the earth? No, I don't know what you mean. I think you do. So what are you working on? Searching ways of making crops more efficient. Funny place to study crops in a forest. We had to send a rescue party in to get a group out a couple of months ago. They got lost. Why didn't they use GPRS? There's no fun reception in there. People get a bit funny in the woods sometimes. You worried she's going to get you? Yeah, who is it? It's a local folktale. She's the spirit of the woods. there listen someone's watching us and in the earth a deadly virus has ravaged the world and dr martin lowry embarks on a mission to reach a test site a research hub deep in the arboreal forest and shit goes down uh i'll i guess i can start here because i'm doing the review for the website um, this is a film I don't like. Uh, I started watching this at Sundance, I, not due to the film's quality, but just like tired, you know, four day, four films into a day, fell asleep. Uh, there's no possible way they could let me, you know, play the film again, restart it the next morning. Uh, so I had to wait, finally got around, got the screener for it. Um, and it's just not my thing. This is very like bullshit sci-fi, a lot of exposition dumps, a lot of just really shaky filmmaking. 
Um, and it just tries way too hard to be something more than it is. If this was like a grounded sci-fi film, like there are some visuals I can appreciate, especially the use of color at times. Whenever they're inside, I'm not a big fan of like where it's just saw basically. But like when you're outside and you have the red and the forest, like it does look good at times. Uh, but the characters are not interesting in the slightest. The story itself is not that intriguing. I'm sure there's people who are going to be like, oh, I'm watching this and I'm breaking down everything and explaining, you know, it in YouTube videos. But it just, it didn't hook me. This is very like She Dies Tomorrow. It's just not my thing. It's trying way too hard and it's ultimately not achieving anything it's going for. I literally just finished watching this movie before we started recording. Um... And I could not tell you a damn thing that happens, honestly. Like the only parts that stuck out to me were when like Buddy's toes got cut off. And like this movie is like generally shit. Sorry, but I can't, I can't tell you anything about it other than I didn't like it. Um, I think it's really interesting that he decided to make a pandemic movie during the pandemic. Um, that's not about our pandemic, something like Songbird. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but in the same way that it took months to release, it does feel like very of the early days of the pandemic, um, to, which now feels almost, I don't want to say corny, but like it has a real dated feeling to it already. Um, and interestingly like because the pandemic doesn't really matter within the movie um <laughs> he adds a lot of uh very like disgusting I guess is the easiest way to say it visuals you were talking about the toes I don't have a trouble with needles particularly it's not something that like I struggle with watching movies I was losing my mind <laughs> a couple times uh with some of the the violence especially the sewing and stuff I recently like got a fear from that movie um which I guess is a good filmmaking technique but I wasn't interested in the horror I was just grossed out which is the same feeling I feel with like the newer Saw movies um it's just gross for gross sake uh especially some of the stuff in the finale um was even taking away from like what little dramatic tension was being created but I did like the cast, oh, except for one character, but um, I did like the cast as a whole. I thought they were doing their best with a really weak script, but I, I liked them all in their performances. You know, I think what it comes down to what this film really feels like, it feels very exploitive. It feels exploitive in its uh, violence and in its grossness, but also with the pandemic elements, there's no real reason this film I felt like needed to be a pandemic film. And you clearly like, they clearly throw out there throughout the screenplay little things like, oh, keep your distance, wash your hands. Like it's very clearly trying to play into like the primordial fear that we all had in like September or August whenever this film was being made. But it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't feel like there's any, you know, purpose or depth or soul it just feels cheap I think I think overall this film and some of the filmmaking to be fair but like narratively and just from a soul standpoint like this film feels cheap it tries to have these very cheap tactics to get fear and not even fear but just like evoke emotion within the modern audience but then also with its sci-fi it feels very cheap and how it just wants to explain stuff and how it wants to be very vague like this film feels so cheap to me narratively and it sucks because like last week I fucking 
watched Cal- Concrete Cowboy and I was like, wow, you know, my faith in cinema is restored. Like this has some real soul to it. And this doesn't. This feels like Ben Wheatley, like making the cheapest feature he can. And it's very frustrating to see. Well, as a whole, I've never been a Wheatley fan. I mean, I go and look at his IMDb and there's just loads of movies that I remember walking out of going, okay, I guess that was <laughs> what he wanted to do. He really struggles with taking things past the concept that are interesting for more than a short. Like almost all of these I would be fine with for the short, um, except for Rebecca, which is a long story done poorly. But this especially, like there are elements that I think work. Um, there's some cool visuals at points. Um, I don't have any trouble with like um, the flashing lights or anything, but most people who even uh, could have any sort of triggered effect from that, it will really screw you up. It's one of the worst I've seen in terms of that. Um, I was watching it in the middle of the night and it just kept lighting up my room every couple seconds. Um, but yeah, I just think he's, I've given him what? <laughs> I've seen four of his movies now. I've given him four chances and I haven't liked one of them. Not even like found interesting aspects. I think that he's usually the worst part. Um, and I'm very curious how he keeps getting more and more <laughs> career stuff. But um, going back to what you were talking about with it being uh, exploitative, um, it's interesting. It feels like he just added the pandemic on top of it uh, from a movie that he was probably already working on. But if you say that, then this is very close to something like Annihilation. And I'm not sure what that movie is. This just feels like a bunch of ideas. We were even talking in the group chat about how none of us really could explain the plot quickly and succinctly. And I think that that's a real struggle. It's not really got a plot. Just things kind of happen and a lot of it's gross. (laughs) Which is very Ben Wheatley. And I think your point on like Ben Wheatley's filmography is very, very valuable here. Outside of Rebecca, this feels very Ben Wheatley. Like Rebecca is its own monster for a million different reasons. But Ben Wheatley, number one, I fully agree with your thing that he can't take things past concept that well. Look at Free Fire. I mean, that's like a perfectly fine gimmick, but then you need more to it to make the gimmick substantial. This doesn't go past a gimmick to find real depth or purpose or a point. But also like you look at his films and they tend to have a little bit of more like a fun energy to them and a fun atmosphere. And I literally texted, there's this scene where like this guy's foot is being mutilated. They're cutting off his toes, but all the actors are playing as if it's like an outrageous comedy. And I found continually this film tonally felt just completely messy where it's trying to be this deep sci-fi kind of dark, I I don't know if I would say thriller, but you know, it's trying to be um, more serious of a film, but then all the actors are playing it very silly. And I don't know if it's because the screenplay is so bad, which it is a bad screenplay, or I don't know if it's the direction they were given. I don't know what it was, but like something about this film, there clearly was a miscommunication somewhere on like what the fuck this movie is. Yeah. Well, and I would wonder specifically with that scene, um, if that was not improv from uh, Reese Shearsmith, who's really known for like very, very dark British comedies. And that felt right in his wheelhouse. And so I would assume that they're sitting out there mid pandemic, 
gotten everyone to do it and then that scene they were uh you know let him go wild a little bit which is a lot of what i felt i love reese shearsmith um and i think he was pretty good in this but um a lot of it felt like they just let him be himself and sometimes it's very weird um check out league of gentlemen if you haven't um literally one of the weirdest shows ever made but um yeah this that's what it felt like that show well i haven't seen any of ben wheatley's other movies and after like going through this i feel like i have literally no desire to um wait really you've never seen any of them no that's surprising even bother watching Rebecca because I hadn't seen the first the original Hitchcock one then I watched the original Hitchcock one and I was like well this is great why would I re-watch a remake you know <laughs> yeah exactly Beach um, Army Hammer <laughs> it's not good I feel like I feel like most people I know their first intro into Wheatley was High Rise which is it's such a confusing movie and it seems like it's going to be so interesting and I remember um I do like a group watch with my friends and we picked that one because we thought it was going to be like a good one finally. And all of them like pieced out by the halfway mark. They were like, no, thanks. We're done. (laughs) I will say hopefully this is Mark's like Songbird was really bad. Songbird was worse than this for sure, I would say. But like, I'm really just over pandemic cinema. And I think it's just like, it's going to age terribly, right? Like I don't see anyone returning to Songbird or even this, even though this isn't really even like, pandemic cinema like it was well it was made during the pandemic but it's not really about it fully but like I don't see people coming back to these and enjoying these like this is such a dark time I don't know who would want to return like oh let's oh, let's revisit the memories of when we all had lockdown and COVID-19 was a thing like it just doesn't I don't get the purpose even of this it's too it's like not fun now because right like it's not fun to just watch us and be like oh hey we're still in quarantine oh the world's still falling apart oh it's still shit so it's not fun now. It's not going to age well in the future. I just don't get it. I, I more of like D on like a deeper level. I don't get this whole kind of fate, like fad we're getting with pandemic cinema. Cause it's just shit. It's not good either. Like there's no good pandemic films really. Well, and I think that, you know, it's the same way when 9-11 happened. And I think in like 2004, we started trying to do movies about it. Um, those were all like, pretty rocky um because we haven't dealt with like how mentally all everyone feels especially now um and I do think actually I'll push back a little bit on what you just said um I think that this might be treated a little better um once we're out of the pandemic because I don't think people are going to associate it at all it's so not like Songbird where it is COVID-19 and all this um, I think that if people just watch it as a trippy horror film, um, there is an audience for this. It's not me. Um, I don't like anything remotely um, in this kind of, we're not going to explain anything, just vibes. I guess that that's going to be what people who like it, because you can go onto like Letterboxd or something. And there are people who are like, you know, four starring it. They really like, you know, being grossed out. Uh, being freaked out by some crazy visuals and like there are some moments um, that I thought were cool it just continues on too long Um, they go back to the same well so many times this movie felt so much longer than you know an hour and 40 minutes 
I don't know if I fully agree with you that this is going to find like a major audience outside of like niche film Twitter, at least like historically, like I'm sure right now when it releases, it's going to be a little bit bigger, but in the future, I don't think this is going to gain that big of a following. I mean, I look at She Dies Tomorrow, that had a very big push immediately and then it died because there's nothing of substance here. You know, say what you want about these films. And I know at least one of them you have a lot of issues with, but like, look at the films that kind of like historically are like this, like Hereditary, The Lighthouse, uh, Midsommar, like those are films that have this big kind of like stand mentality around them, but like they also have substance. They have things to break down and stand on. Like looking at In the Earth, I don't see what you have to stand on as far as like thinking this film is genius. It has a style and it definitely like acts like it has something important to say, but it just doesn't. It's and like She Dies Tomorrow, a very similar thing. And then the conversation around that died because there's nothing to stand on. There's nothing to hold yourself up with. I don't know. I mean, if I was going to choose one, I'd prefer this over She Dies Tomorrow, which well, was probably I, one of my... <laughs> least I, favorite movie of the year I can't but I, I think there. like <laughs> I mean Annihilation is a movie that I've not been able to finish because I don't find it interesting um but that feel it felt very similar and I've already said that but I do think that that audience of the dark sci-fi um will maybe not enjoy it but they'll put it as like a B or C tier Annihilation um, of a Substance again. I mean, I'm yeah. also I'm not a huge. I, I'm a, obviously I'm a bigger fan of Annihilation than I am this film, but like I'm still not a you know fan. I would say of Annihilation, but like that's a very clear cancer allegory and like clearly saying something. This film isn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, let's transition out of our feature review to our 15 short film reviews. Again, if this goes badly, it was Paul Price's at Price Like Tag on Twitter that it was his idea. Um, let's talk about these films. Let's first start. We're going to just go kind of batch by batch. So we have obviously the three categories. Let's go category by category, starting with the animated short films. So in this category, we have Burrow, Genius Loki, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. Uh, so do one of you want to take it away with your thoughts on one of these or overall or whatever? Yeah, so I think that this year overall, and I'll keep dipping into this with each of the categories, um, but I think because we didn't have live festivals, um, the shorts categories are really screwy. I don't think people were able to watch enough, and it seems like they just randomly picked some, um, especially Yes People, which is one of the weakest just like shorts I've ever seen let alone the fact that it's nominated for an Academy Award I really like Burrow um but the rest of them feel very middling in a way that like is surprising I expected not to like usually with the Academy shorts I find that they're interesting but not to my taste most of these just I did not find to be particularly good, um, which was really disappointing. But I did enjoy Burrow. It's been one of those that I've heard about from different people as like they slowly found it on Disney Plus. And we're like, oh, this is great. And then it got nominated and I finally sat down to watch it. There was no reason I hadn't actually. Um, and it was just as cute as I was expecting. It's very uh, Paddington-esque, just nice people being nice. Yeah, Bro was my favorite out of the animated category as well. Like, it doesn't really have a lot to it. It's just a cute little bunny rabbit trying to, like, build her little home. And 
it just goes poorly because she doesn't know what she's doing and she like refuses to ask for help and I was like I just found that little bunny to be really relatable it was just really it was just it was cute and I really like like short cute films about little woodland creatures doing little little woodland creature things I was like it was the heartwarming thing I needed because honestly most of the rest of these films are quite bleak so I don't know I might give Burr a rewatch after going through all this because I'm just sad at a lot of these um as for like the rest of the animated ones none of them really stood out to me um opera had like interesting animation um but like there's not really anything to it uh I didn't mind yes people I didn't like the character designs but like it was cool that it was like different animation but oh my god I hated that recorder I couldn't do it like I had to like turn it down every time that started happening and then like genius Loki I don't know what even happens in that and I just I didn't like if anything happens I love you when that like song came on it just felt really like cringy I just like that one didn't do it for me either I agree the song in that one's like definitely I think the weakest moment of that Burrow is absolutely adorable like the animation it's just it's very me too it's just very like I love this I love Burrow it's so cute I could rewatch this any day it doesn't outstay its welcome um love Burrow it does lack the substance though which is why if anything happens I love you is my favorite out of the category but I agree I don't think a lot of these are that good like opera is cool but it's not really even like a film. There's not really like a narrative. It's like a really cool art exhibition, but like watching it, I don't know how much of like a rewarding viewing experience as a film it is. Um, and I definitely didn't get any like the themes. I was researching afterwards, like hearing some of the interviews and apparently it's like really heavy with some of its themes. And I just, it doesn't work as a film for that. If you were viewing as an art piece, maybe it would do a little bit better, but it didn't work for me. Yes, people I hate, I, I don't like that. Uh, the Academy does this like it feels if you see the short films in theaters, especially the animation because they're so short, they will pad in between with like little filler shorts that didn't make the cut but, like oh they're little cute little whatever you know forgettable shorts. This just feels like one of those really could have gone without it. And then Genius Loki yeah I mean the animation is stunning, you know it's probably my favorite animation overall i don't know burrow's really really good animation i think but like really beautiful animation the story itself is just it's 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 trying to be something deep but it doesn't just it just it just doesn't fully connect um to where it feels more forgettable than it overall should but i mean yeah i would be fine with either burrow or if anything happens i love you winning and those i think are the two that really stand a chance here so that's good i I think that if anything happens, I love you will win. But I particularly, that one enraged me. I watched it uh, actually back when it first released. Um, it was on Netflix and it was like um, the number one trending. And um, I was talking to you guys about this earlier. If I feel, I can get really emotional very easily. But if I feel my emotions being pushed um, in a way that doesn't feel natural, if there's something a little fake, I will immediately disengage. And um, the music, uh, Alina, like you were talking about in uh, this really threw me. Um, there's also just, there's so many moments that just feel like a thousand other projects I've seen. Um, 
with the parents grieving that I didn't feel like I learned anything new. I did a little research and I may be wrong about this, but it doesn't seem like the creators have any real connection to any sort of shootings at all. So it just feels uh, going back to the, you know, exploitative uh, kind of well. I'm not sure that, uh, <laughs> I mean, I personally didn't find it successful at all. And I don't think that there's a, something about with the shorts specifically, if you don't have a real connection to the work as the creator um, feels disingenuous to me. It feels like you're, you know, doing it to get into the Oscars. <laughs> quick you, I don't know when this actually dropped on Netflix at first. Was this before or after you saw Mass at Sundance? Oh, this was a long time before. This was, um, okay. I want to say October. Uh, yeah, masses uh, makes us look like a joke, like completely. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. Um, especially um, in terms of just like the emotions and things. Um, I hadn't even really connected those. Um, yeah, this, it's just, it was, it's weak to me. I don't think I've been able to finish. I've tried it three times and I finished it the whole way through, but I've never watched it in one go because I just get so annoyed around the song and then if I can make it through that uh the second time is um during the shooting itself it just feels so hokey to me um it feels like they're you know overplaying this particular uh thing in a way that if you pull back and did some subtlety it would be a lot stronger yeah I find it kind of hard to argue with that I mean I think overall the short the animated shorts category is always like I don't know if I would say the weakest out of the three, but definitely like the one where you get the most kind of like generic kind of like, it's hard to talk about. I don't think like, I don't think this is a particularly good year, but also I don't think like it's anything too shocking. Like I think at least they're all competent. I would say even yes, people, which I genuinely dislike. I think these are all like competent short films. None of them really touched me. I won't think about any, you know, in a year, but they're fine. They're good. Burrow's really cute. Burrow is like, it really is I that Paddington shouts really good because it's just the similar experience. See, this is what we need during the pandemic. We don't need Ben Wheatley out here giving us pandemic bullshit. We need just Burrow. We need just cute little rabbits like digging around, building their home because this is great. It's, it's warm. It's nice. Yeah. And if we're going to compare it to previous years, um, the amount of just like sadness and bleakness overall, Actually, the Academy this year just was obsessed with the saddest things. Um, you look through, you know, trying to watch through all the movies to get caught up. And it's just like, none of these are happy. <laughs> Not even remotely. But like last year, I remember three or four that I really enjoyed. And I like showed them to other people and sent them out. There were some funny, cute ones. Um, this year, there's Burrow. And the rest, like, even if you like the quality they're not the inventive kind of animation style that's fun um which uh, genius loki maybe yeah well i think what we're getting close to though overall um it seems like these are starting to become like and we can talk about this in the other categories it's just starting to become like oh this is a social issue let's 
push that in instead of like the best, you know, uh, you can see it kind of shifting from, you know, uh, back in the day, there was a lot of, lot more comedy and a lot more, you know, here's some social ones, here's some dark ones, but here's also some ones that are good and fun. And I feel like we're pushing away from that for some odd reason. Yeah, like it feels like out of literally all the short films are nominated, the only like fun one is Burrow. Like everything else like has a message to it, which is good, but it's just bleak. And I don't want to feel bleak when like the world is the way it is right now. Yeah, I don't disagree. (laughs) And before we go any further, let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode. Well, speaking of bleak shorts, why don't we move over to to the documentary section because these are not necessarily the most fun (laughs) batch of films. Uh, We have Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. Uh, any general thoughts on these? I think this, I guess I can, I'll start because I don't know why I asked and I started talking. Uh, I think this is probably the strongest category here. Um, I do literally like all of these. I can't say I enjoy them because like each one of its own right is kind of emotionally devastating except maybe a concerto is a conversation. But like Colette broke me. It's fucking so sad. Do not split. I thought had a really good energy to it. I think it goes a little bit long. It brings you into the Hong Kong protest. And like, I think that was very, it was very like important, very good. Like you can definitely tell, like Paul was saying, this is like one of those, it's a political documentary. It's getting in due to its importance. But I think as someone and from a culture who's very ignorant towards what the actual struggle there is, I think everyone knows like, oh, there are protests, but not really what it's about or what it's like. Um, it's a very valuable short. And like I said, there is enough of an energy to where like I was engaged with it. Hunger Ward is just devastating. Uh, and Love Song for Latasha, I think is beautiful. It might be, it's, it is my favorite, I think, from these five. It has a sense of artistry to it, which I really enjoy. Plus, I mean, the emotional story, it's quite a rewarding experience and quite an important one also. All of these are so long. <laughs> that was like my main thought watching every single one of these and I know we like binged them so there's a certain amount of unfairness to that but the category of shorts um, I think needs to be changed up a little bit because these are basically some of these movies that are pushing 40 minutes are close to just being a regular documentary um, you look at the regular doc length and it's you know an hour to 90 minutes. Uh, and so calling these short seems unfair to actual short things. Um, and I feel like a lot of these um, just constantly were padding the runtime. Uh, I wrote you guys and I said that I didn't enjoy any of these. Um, I do think I liked Colette. I'd probably want to watch some of it again to re-see. I was deep in the middle of you know, all of these sad docs and I was just a little over it. But um, I think overall, this is the first year that I've ever watched the docs. And I do feel like as a uh, kid watching the Oscars and seeing this particular um, category, I always thought exactly what these were gonna be. Like there was no surprise at all watching these and being like, oh yeah, there are these really depressing things. And it's like, you know, which one's going to jerk the most tears. Um, I do think a lot of it is really important, but I 
don't know if the medium they're using is getting to anyone that needs to see it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've never, in all the years that have won, I don't think I've ever seen one of the shorts that's won an Oscar or even been nominated, um, which is such a weird thing um, that it just doesn't have a significance to it for an Oscar. Um, and so like, whatever wins, you know, <laughs> it seems to have less of a importance than it should. A lot of these would be great articles. Um, <laughs> like there's, there needs to be a reason for the medium of film sometimes. And I didn't find that with a lot of these docs overall. Well, the documentary category was my favorite out of the three. Um, again, I didn't necessarily like enjoy any of them because most of them are quite like sad. <laughs> um, but I think they're the most well done and they like all give very important messages. Um, a concerto is a conversation. I really liked that one. Um, it's the one about like the jazz composer and his like grandfather like talking about their family lineage and things like that. And like, I wasn't necessarily like interested in their like family story, but I still like liked it because I don't know, it's always nice to just like talk to your like elders and remember your like family history because once they're gone, they're gone. Um, and I liked the bit, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like the composer for like Green Book and like Green Book won like fucking best picture. And he like still says in this documentary, like, two, three years later that he feels like he has like imposter syndrome and like shouldn't be there because he's like um, a black guy in an industry that is like, doesn't have like any people of color in it. Um, so I liked that one. It had a lot of like nice messages. Um, a love song for Latasha was really sad. This is a story I've heard before. And it's also been coming up a lot recently with all the stop Asian hate stuff that is going on. Um, I don't know why, but I've, at least on like my Twitter feed, I've seen a lot of like um, Asians and like black people just like arguing with each other about like anti-blackness and stuff in like the Asian community and being like, well, why should we support them when there's a lot of like anti-blackness? Um, and this is very much a documentary that explores that considering like what happened to her, um, Latasha. This one doesn't feel exploitative to me because it is mainly like Latasha's best friend and cousin telling the story. And it's very much like um, a healing process for them. The only part I didn't like about this movie was the animated sequence when like they're talking about the shooting itself. I think that was like a good choice to do because you don't want to be showing that footage. It's like very trauma inducing, but like, I just really didn't like the animation there. And then Colette, I just felt so bad for that little French grandma. I'm just like, it's an important story. Like she's rad. She was in like the French resistance and like fighting Nazis. And then now she's like, in her freaking nineties and they're bringing her to like a concentration camp and making her like relive all this trauma. And I just like, is it worth it to put somebody through that? <laughs> I don't think so, honestly. Do you guys have any like thoughts on that? No, I mean, it is weird. Like 
as like she's breaking down crying like they're just like filming her i can't imagine the camera crew just standing there next to her just being like yeah let's focus the shot i mean she does want to go on the journey like it's a very important meaningful for her so i don't know like the journey itself but i do think like when you talk about exploitive but also like I think it's important to recognize that pain and show it, you know, especially when ignorance towards that pain is being widely, you know, growing um, to a very alarming rate. So it is one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, I think it's on a humanistic level to her. I could not imagine just being there filming it and thinking like, oh, I can't wait to publish this. But like, there is an importance to it. And I think I, I see both points. There is like a part in like Colette though when she says that like um, misery porn doesn't really help anything. Yeah. And I was like surprised about that because like obviously if she's like in it she agrees to be in the documentary so I don't know. I feel like very conflicted on that specific one. I felt really bad when she was in the restaurant. I think when they first get to the town and she gets in the restaurant and it's very overwhelming for her and it's mm -hmm. just like that's when you should you know cut the camera you know you don't that doesn't add anything that's not doing much but mm -hmm. it is interesting that she has that take and then also is the star of this basically misery porn documentary it's very strange do not split was good um i don't really like i obviously was like hearing about the hong kong protests when they were still going on but i didn't really like know that much about them um i also I agree that that one went on like way too long and I was just getting like tired of seeing like the same protest stuff over and over again but you know it was good to uh finally hear and like have that situation explained my favorite out of them I guess favorite's a weird word was hunger ward um that one really broke me that one was the only one that I like cried at I also feel like that one's a bit exploitative i don't know it definitely it, is yeah. yeah but there is like the power documentary like even if you had like a series of photographs like seeing these children like you it's pretty undeniable i think like the power that has and like the sadness but like yeah it definitely is exploitative like that's for sure well that's gonna be the theme overall for <laughs> these shorts is yeah is it exploitative or is it you know raising voices um and i feel like to varying degrees all of them will uh, I mean, isn't that kind different of <laughs> documentaries though like in general to a point like especially when it focuses on human subjects like it is by nature exploitative you're exploiting these stories like it's not very rarely is it like the community itself or like a subject itself creating the documentary about itself like it's very like even like look at the true crime genre like most of the time it's filmmakers exploiting like literal murders of people like mm -hmm. it's not like by nature documentary filmmaking is exploitive but also it has that power that's not like mutually exclusive so it's just it's one of those weird weird things yeah I yeah. think for, uh, for go ahead oh I was just gonna say I also think like you know going back to what I was saying even with the animation category um you've got to imagine <laughs> how these were voted for and what like slim margins people actually like voted because uh, I'm not sure about how many were eligible, but I'm assuming the average Oscar voter did not watch a majority of these. So um, it's, you know, uh, it just seems like the same group of people 
voted for all of the kind of similar, like deep sadness uh, as docs compared to, you know, other things that probably were in there. Um, and I think that that's one of the issues with the Oscars overall is, uh, especially with the shorts categories is who's, who's voting for the nominations. Um, and I think that there is some like good stuff in these, um, but yeah, it's just very interesting to have, <laughs> you know, um, probably a hundred people <laughs> voting total for these, which is, you know, why overall in all these categories, there's just some weirdness. Like, I, I think the thing that like bothered me the most about Hunger Ward is you literally see like two babies die and it's like so fresh and it literally like they might not like die on camera but it's like right literally as soon as it happens and just like watching their like family members as soon as it happens was just like so fucking sad and like the first one when like um the first baby dies and like the grandma just like gets really really upset and like blames it on the doctors and like how the doctors like that are like spoiled milk or like didn't give her the right medicine or whatever but it was actually like the baby like aspirating on like milk that the grandma was like feeding her and how she like didn't understand that that was like killing the baby it just made me so fucking sad I don't know I think that was definitely like the hardest one to watch the fact that that crisis has been going on for literally like at least seven fucking years going on like a decade is so insane to me and the fact that it's like being like hidden under the rug because so many like countries are like benefiting from it. It's just like trash. Like anybody who sells weapons to Saudi Arabia deserves to rot in hell for what's happening in Yemen. The fact that it's now like an Oscar thing to like, oh, every year there's one short about it. Every year it seems like there's one documentary about it to where like it's a thing. It shouldn't be around long enough to be a thing. Like the fact that it is just, it's, yeah. It's not good. And I think you could even speak overall to like, well, then what's the power of these shorts and movies? Like, what is it actually helping? I guess, really? I mean, mm -hmm. it sucks. Like I was looking at the website to hunger word after I watched it. And there's like a link to donate to the hospitals for, cause like there's two hospitals in it. There's one in like the pseudo capital and then one in like a rural area. And like, you can donate to like help them out. And I'm like, well, I mean, you could, but with all the like blockades and stuff that are happening, are they even going to like get the supplies there? I don't know. Like, I, I don't, you, you'd think with documentaries like this, that there would be like better calls to action, but what can you do when it's literally like a political and religious war that's happening, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you, Alina. I think that's something definitely to like keep in mind about these documentary shorts, pretty grim note, but let's, Let's move on to the final category, which is the live action short films. Here you have Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Uh, I know we had some pretty interesting thoughts about Two Distant Strangers. Does anyone maybe want to start out with that one? There's a new of the new recently canceled Twilight Zone show. Um, there's an episode that is basically the plot of Two Distant Strangers without the um, advertisements for Furbo. Um, and um, it's really interesting that um, 
it doesn't bring anything new to the table. Uh, the ending of it kind of is confusing in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, I was really sure of what this movie or this uh, short was supposed to be. And the last act is just like, that's not what this is. It's co something completely different and not in a way that I think works. Um, I think many, many, many other projects have done this better, the storyline and also just, you know, um, bringing out awareness to this, uh, the police brutality and all the similar issues. And it's just kind of weak overall. Um, I enjoyed about five minutes of it and then I never enjoyed it again. <laughs> Stylistically, it's probably the strongest. It at least has a visual feel, but story-wise, it's by far my least favorite. Yeah, I thought this one was god-awful, honestly. And like, yeah, again, it's telling a great message, but like police brutality and like unarmed Black men and stuff like that. But like, that is something that is talked about all the fucking time because it happens all the time. So why do we need this like, groundhog day thing showing like something that happens like every fucking day that we're all aware of it doesn't add anything to it and it's just so like bleak and the acting is terrible especially like the girl that he's hooking up with and just like she's just, like trying to be like quippy with the like main character and it just like doesn't work I just found her really freaking annoying and like most of the time to like get out of a groundhog day loop you're supposed to like change something and then when like the guy changes something and like tries to talk to the cop it just like still doesn't work out and like that like change of like the cop being like nice to him and driving him home then wanting to kill him even after all that just like made no sense to me and the fact that the documentary ends with the song that goes some things will never change that's just the way it is okay so like, what the fuck do you want us to do about police brutality then if it's something that is always just the way it is? Like, honestly, fuck this movie. Um, yeah. Specifically okay. playing the way it is is one of the corny... I haven't wrote you guys in the group chat. It like made me laugh out loud because that's like one of those songs that's just like, I can't think of anything that you could do that was more nail on the head of like what the message was supposed to be. Um, that's a great song. But like when it started playing specifically because the character in no way is going to be listening to that song it's not who they set up and that he's listening to it you know uh the stuff with the groundhog day a lot of my friends are starting to get like really annoyed with loop stories uh it's becoming a running joke that they will watch nothing with a loop i feel like this didn't even understand really what a loop story is supposed to do mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying alina where it's like slight changes should change things uh, with the exception of one moment involving a beer bottle, it feels like every time he does it, it's just like a new storyline. Um, mm -hmm. To the point when he uh, explains to the cop uh, or tells him what's going to happen to a couple different people to show that he's been in a loop. Even that doesn't particularly matter at all. And it's, it's just, it's a really weak <laughs> The thing that really got me is the action that the character does that gets the cop's attention is sparking up a joint. And you would think after 99 times, he would not spark up the joint. And yet he does it every fucking time. And I'm just like, 
maybe if you didn't do that, the cop wouldn't talk to you. I don't know. Like, it's just weird that like in none of the situations does he like not do that? Yeah. Like, do you really need to get high that badly? <laughs> I think this is a film, like I get the pitch. I can see the pitch being like good, but like the execution is not good. And when it tur- comes to, like, you're turning literal police brutality and murdering an innocent black man into a gimmick, like yikes. Yikes, like very clearly that's a bad decision that you should think about and be like, oh, let's not do that. But this film does it. And then like, I think the credits is the only powerful part where it gives a list of names. But like, again, what Mm -hmm. is this adding? What is this doing? Like that hasn't been, I get this is relevant. And this definitely feels like the Academy just being like, oh, we want to have relevancy with our like messages. And like, I appreciate the what it's trying to do. But in execution, this is not good. <laughs> this is very problematic, very undeserving, and just very a miss, very big miss. With that said, though, I, I don't hate all of these. I quite like feeling through. I think the filmmaking and feeling through maybe is not the highest of quality. But I thought that was also like probably one of the only like kind of uplifting short films there were out of any of these 15. The Letter Room, I think, has definitely some moral complexity within it. Oscar Isaac is good though. And I think like that is a short film that has moments. So those two are my favorites from these. Yeah, I agree. I also liked feeling through, it was cute. Um, And like the guy who plays Artie, like the deaf blind character is also deaf and blind in real life. And I was reading the reviews and apparently that's the first time that's like happened on like film. So that's nice. It feels like, um, especially with like Sound of Metal being also like nominated in other As- Oscar categories that there's like finally being a shift in like disability representation at the Oscars because you know the Oscars really likes disability but they really like abled actors playing disabled actors so um, kind of feels like a change is finally coming as it should because you know disabled actors should usually play disabled characters in my opinion <laughs> uh, what a I, hot, what a hot yeah. take alina <laughs> right uh i also liked the letter room um i like oscar isaac it didn't really like captivate me that much and i thought that like one inmate was really annoying um but like i don't know it had a, like a, a like, little thing about prison reform I guess but I don't know it that one didn't really like stick out to me except for like Oscar Isaac being in it and then like white eye didn't care for at all just like the dude with the stolen bicycle I was like I don't care um I I don't know how some of these short films like short films feel longer than feature films and like that is one that it felt like such a slog to get through yeah, it was a chore for sure. And then the last one, The Present. Um, I liked that one. The little girl in it was really cute and I liked the ending. Um, but like, again, the Israel-Palestine, I don't want to call it a conflict. I don't know, occupation, I guess, whatever. This is something that like we talk about all the time and we see it all the time. And does this like poor little Palestinian man just trying to buy a fridge for his freaking wife. And he's getting like stopped by these like asshole IDF soldiers at like 
a checkpoint or whatever, does it like add anything to like the conversation around the Israel-Palestine conflict? No, because we know Palestinians have like a hard time here. And I'm just like, ugh. I'm just like, wow. It feels like so many of these films are just like using social issues to get nominated and not like actually contributing anything to said social issues. That's that's my biggest problem too. And you know, what the short category could do is, you know, uh, give a chance to smaller filmmakers um, that it feels like that's not happening, especially this year, uh, feels like that's not happening. It just feels like, you know, uh, people read the synopsis and voted um, mm -hmm. and didn't check. Uh, I will say the one thing about White Eye that you guys may not have noticed is it isn't one take and it was a very impressive one take. That's really hard to do. And in terms of the acting, um, it's really funny. There is one moment where he screws up and keeps going. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's the moment that they debated on. Because um, you can always tell in those, they're like, should we leave this? Um, he tries to close a fridge and it bounces back. <laughs> it's like, then he really slams it. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. But um, that, a lot of the stuff is like, is it technical? Um, but overall, yeah, these these aren't memorable. I think you guys are spot on on it's, you know, uh, social issues without saying anything. Um, the letter room, I guess, is the closest to, um, you know, something that is more creative than, um, uh, you know, important. And, but even then, I didn't particularly like it. I think Aaliyah Shawkat's great. I personally don't like Oscar Isaac, but he was fine in this. Because you're crazy. Um, you also I hate Pedro Pascal. You're insane. <laughs> I also hate. Mad man. Uh, I also hate Tom Holland. Um, not hate, but like, if I can't look at something, uh, wow, this is off topic. But maybe that's good for this particular one because this is boring. Um, <laughs> If I have someone that I see in multiple things and I don't feel like they really do new characters, they're just playing themselves like old Hollywood style um, and not in rom-coms in like bigger productions, I just get frustrated because I don't feel like I'm seeing this character. Like, you know, um, when you're watching Wonder Woman 1984, it's Pedro Pascal doing a performance. You don't really see the the character he's supposed to be portraying, really. Um, and that's how I feel about Oscar Isaac. And kind of in this, too. I never, like, watched this and, like, felt like it was the guy. Um, there was even one moment where he's talking to a, a lesser-known actress. Um, and she's yelling at him. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if this actress is currently thinking, wow, I'm yelling at Oscar Isaac right now because um, it just he has a star power that uh is the suffocating but yeah I think that's the only one that feels creative the rest all feel pretty just uh you know socially conscious without um a real creative bent I'm trying to go through and I can't even remember certain moments out of them um that I want to like pull apart and analyze because once within 30 seconds of watching each of these, you kind of get the, the gist of what's going to happen.
Can I just um, say with this category, and- speaking on your point about like how they value larger filmmakers, how did Pedro Al- Al- Almodovar's Tilda Swinton starring the human voice mess this? Like genuinely. Well, I think, well, uh, you can even look at that in the animation categories. There's so many things that are missing. Um, Lamp Life by Disney is a really great, you know, short that isn't included. Um, I think it's because people don't vote. I think, you know, that's going to be what this is again and again and again. I think that they, um, I don't know how many people listening also are voters for any sort of academy, but uh, my dad's in ACE and also in the Annie's and I'll watch him do those categories and there'll be like 36 to 40. And especially in the nomination process, you're watching hundreds of things. Um, Sure. And that the uh, point is that like that has the name value. Like what about like, but I think it's, I think it's the opposite. Okay. Um, Oh, well, I was saying like, I think it's the opposite. I think that these people are skimming and then reading the synopsis, which is always listed um, with these. It gives you like a brief, like, here's what it's going to be. And I think that you're getting a small contingent of people voting based on, oh, this sounds important. This sounds like something. And then uh, liking Oscar Isaac. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that the uh, Pedro one um, is probably would have gotten in if everyone did their due diligence on these, but I don't think they are. Uh, I think that's really what it comes down to is that it's a small group of people uh, who actually give a shit about the shorts. But yeah, that's that's my main thing is it's disappointing. Um, it was interesting to go watch on the Annie's, their shorts nominations. It was interesting to see those because they were all different. I don't think there were any that uh, crossed over from the animated category in this. And all of these were like weird and cool and uh, not really about much. <laughs> um, they're just like fun to watch. Um, some are bad, some are good. But that's from animation people. And I guess that that's one of the problems is I don't think people who have skill in these um, are doing it. So like, you know, it's one of the things we always talk about with the Oscars. It's, you know, the voters are random people. You know, I had a teacher at SCAD who was an Oscar voter because he um, was either nominated or won an Oscar. I can't remember. But um you know, I don't particularly trust his opinions on what's cool and hip in any categories. And I'm sure he's one of the people voting for this. Um, I think that they really need to figure out how to do the nomination processes stronger. Um, It's even like when you try to read about how uh, you get picked for the nominations, Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you have to have won a competition at a smaller festival. I think you just um, had to play in it. Just play? Um, and that's, you know, not everyone is planning to go into a festival. And so I think it does uh, stick some stuff out, you know, push some things out that are probably great. Um, so if this is going to be a c- category that continues, I've heard year after year that this uh, that the shorts are you know, likely on the chopping block uh, to cut time. Um, And 
<laughs> this year is not proving that that would be a incorrect choice. I think it is a shame though, because there's so many like small filmmakers or you know really worthy voices traditionally. Like this year, yeah, it's not the strongest year, and I won't even say like the shorts normally are like all that great, right? There's normally like a couple breakthroughs, but like I don't know, I just think it's so wrong for the Oscars. Like if you're celebrating film, maybe give the shorts their own night and really like expand it into its own thing or something. But I think just to cut it is a real disservice considering how many you know diverse voices some of the most diverse categories in all of the oscars right like uh, you get a lot of global voices a lot of very you know diverse voices in these categories i don't know i think yeah it's that's true well and it also you know is how martin mcdonough got his oscar um <laughs> okay we and that's don't need to sell us on why we need to cut it but you know <laughs> <laughs> no 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 but like you know, it's why he got in yeah. Bruges. It's like, there are some success stories from it, but I think a lot of these, um, you know, are kind of weak uh, in terms of even the winner is the one that like gets the most uh, career boost. And I would be interested to see what percentage end up doing something of, of value. Well, the Oscars um, don't mean anything. Like, I think, like, yeah, they, it's fun to follow and watch, but like, no one, like, not no one looks at the Oscars and is like, it's the best of anything in any category. It's it's a political. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I I've actually had a couple conversations um, with people about like, do awards matter? Um, and to me, I always find that what awards are isn't the moment; it's the historical significance of being categorized you know i'm currently watching through all the best pictures and (laughs) there are better movies that i am not watching um and i think that that's says something uh cool is if you know when they because they re-release the best picture winner every year right in theaters after it wins it'd be cool if they put the shorts before that like the winner the winning shorts yeah 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 i the ottawa film festival that happened like last month they did a really good job of showcasing the shorts because every short was paired with a movie. Mm. Um, and so like it played right before the feature and like, you could skip it, but like, well, it's, it's like a five, 10 minute short, just might as well watch it before the movie. And I think that's a really good way to do it because in most festivals, the shorts like very much get overlooked because they're in like strands and they all play together. Um, like at least that's what like TIFF was. So I assume like other big festivals are like that. And like, there's so many better ways to showcase short films and I think because of the way they're showcased like traditionally they get overlooked and that's why we end up with like stuff like this yeah um I think you know I like watching shorts clearly I was the one who suggested this um and I enjoy watching the Oscar shorts every year uh going up to AMC um kind of missed it this year actually I think I may have liked some of the um animation ones a little bit better if I was watching them in theater but when going to a festival uh, and this goes back to the time limit thing I always get out every time I go into the festival um thing for the shorts there's always one that's like 45 minutes long and that really is just brutal um I'm (laughs) I have never found that one to be the best <laughs> or even like the most like even worthwhile watching 
Um, and I think that stretching the time limits out really hurts people's uh, interest in watching. Because um, go I imagine going to the, I think you said you've never been to the documentary short films. Last year was literally like three and a half hours because each one was like 30, 40 minutes. It was so long, so long. Yeah, they um, they don't even show them at um, my AMCs because they're so long and <laughs> already you go in in the shorts, it's just like me and my friend going and seeing them. Um, but uh, yeah, I really think that, that it's a struggle um, with time limit and that probably would help is if they cut down. Um, Cause yeah, there's a lot of great voices that are probably in here and they're getting lost. And then we're getting stuff that's the most showy or sponsored by Furbo. Um, <laughs> that will not, never not be funny to me that it's such a socially, you know, big important thing. And then they sponsored it with uh, a dog toy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I felt like a bit of an asshole, but like when that movie ended, I was like, I hope the dog's okay. God. That was a very good dog, actually. It was a good dog, actually. A good dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're weaker <laughs> dogs. Good dog. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Clappercast. A little bit of a shorter episode, but considering we had two three-hour epics in a row, I think it's I think it's okay. Uh, unlike the documentary shorts, we don't need to be here longer than we need to be. Um, so to wrap up Clappercast, we like to end on the crew's latest film recommendations or TV, whatever, just recommendations in general. Alina, why don't you start us off this week? What were your What is your recommendation this week? I have three, but they're short films. So I like... There's two animated ones and then one documentary. I was going to try and find a live action one, but like, no. Um, So my first one for animated is this cute little film I found on Canopy a couple months ago. And it's called The Last Day of Autumn. And it's French. And, but like, there's, I don't think there's actual like talking in it. And it's both these cute little woodland creatures. So I feel like it would be really fun to like watch it with Burrow. Um, There's like a rabbit and a hedgehog and a fox and a bear, I think. And it's like the last day of autumn and they decide to have this little like race through the woods and they like make all these cute little like bicycles and stuff out of like random discarded material. And like, that's all there is to it, but it's so freaking cute. And I really love it. Um, the other one I watched today, it's like this four minute short film on the uh, YouTube channel for the Humane Society International. Um, and it's called Save Ralph. And it's about this like little rabbit who was voiced by Taika Waititi King um, and his voice really suits the character. And it's like this animated mockumentary of this rabbit who whose job is like being a tester for like cosmetics and thing like that, things like that. And it's like all in stop motion. The animation is very good. Um, and there's like other random people in it like Ricky Gervais, like Zac Efron, but like Taika is the main dude um and I thought it was a really like good way to bring awareness to like animal testing because like it's one thing to test on animals for like medical things but to test on animals for like lipstick whack so I recommend that one because it's only four minutes and then the last one is a documentary called Still Processing it's by a girl named Sophie Romvari from Toronto and she it's like the subject of it and also like the director 
and it's about like her family history and like so her parents give her like a box of photographs of from her childhood that have like never been an opened because her family has gone through like a lot of trauma like she lost like two of her older brothers um and then she goes through this like box of like family memories with her little brother and all of these films that we've like gone through for these shorts have been like largely about like sad things and grief but I think still processing is the best short on grief I've ever seen and I I think it's way better than anything we've watched today so those are my three boom Uh, Paul what's your recommendation or recommendations apparently (laughs) um uh since we're allowed to have no I'm just kidding um I'm going to do it's called inside number nine it's on both Hulu and HBO Max it is uh Reese Shearsmith's show uh going back to uh in the earth it's fantastic it's a series of like uh it's a dark anthology it's similar to black mirror but um with a lot more bite and not about tech um it's just uh, horror stories basically uh, mostly non-supernatural but if you're interested in it i would start with the episode the 12 days of christine which i believe is the second episode of the second season um they don't really matter in what order you watch them um, I think it's uh, one of the best. Um, it's it's basically a short compared to anything like these. Um, and it's one of the best things I've seen in years. Um, but the whole series is fun. It's real dark. So, you know, like viewer discretion advised, but <laughs> uh, that's what I, I would recommend. Nice. And my recommendation this week, it's not necessarily like small, but uh, first reformed. I rewatched this. We talked about um, bringing up the dead on Uncut Gems. And I rewatched this before that podcast. And it's just like a five-star masterpiece. I'm writing an article for the site about it. Um, I think it is such a powerful kind of look at the destruction of the earth and kind of the powerlessness um, and hopelessness that you can hold with that, but also like how you were kind of forced to accept it and how you can not necessarily change the result of anything. And I think we've talked about a lot of dark things today that like we can't change and it can be very depressing, but also like, how do you live with that? And how do you like, sure, it's going down, but like, you know, how, how do you survive with that kind of grief inside of you? Very powerful. I think it's, I mean, I just think it's a masterpiece. I think it's flawless. Um, with every rewatch, it gets better. So on that note, let's close out Clappercast by saying where we can find everyone on social media. Uh, Paul, you can go first. Where are you? At Price Like Tag on Twitter and at Price Like Tag on Letterboxd. Alina? At Alina Falls on everything, um, but mostly Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, letterbox just Carson Tamar. And you can find everything reviewed at www.clapperltd.co.uk. We have TV reviews, movie reviews, articles, features, podcasts, whatever you want. Um, it's all on there. We're on Twitter. We're on, you know, Facebook. We're on 
Letterboxd, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere. You know, you can find us anywhere. Um, I will say quickly though, Clappercast did receive some emails through the Uncut Gems email. I know Jakob opened an email. We got a couple people sending emails with their thoughts on the MonsterVerse and Godzilla versus Kong. So instead of having a middleman, you could email us clappercast at gmail.com. It is open. Feel free to reach out either there or on Twitter if you want to engage in conversations about whatever we talk about. Um, And with that, yeah, let's just end it here. So thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.